You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Why and Who? Part 9 of 9. Enjoy. Our lives are built on the unchangeable foundation of Jesus Christ. And we're in your presence this morning, receiving from your word by your spirit. We thank you for manifesting your promises in our lives. Every single one of them is yes and amen. We thank you for accomplishing the things that concern us and for working out all things for our good. Your love for us is greater than we've imagined, greater than we've dreamed of. Father, reveal your love for us this morning, we fix our thoughts and minds on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to do this. We're going to finish up the series that we're in called Why and Who. We're going to conclude it this morning. We're talking about why Highway Church is here and who we are. And you can hear these messages and any message that we've ever given. It's all free and it's available on our website at Highway Church. Dot us. And hey, Facebook, how you doing? Let's say hi to Facebook. Hey, Facebook. Hey. We're glad you're with us this morning. And uh, we want to welcome you and encourage you to put your faith in Christ for every need of your life because he loves you so much. And no one has done for you or could ever do for you what he's done. So grab a hold of who he is wherever you're at in, in the U.S. or in the world in Jesus' name. So we're uh, highwaychurch.us. You can just click on the podcast button. It's that little orange button. Or if you use Apple, iTunes, you can click on the iTunes button. And there are all our messages. And boy, there's a smorgasbord there. There is a feast of the word there for you. Because, you know, um, I don't know if you've ever heard someone say, well, I, I've heard that before. Or someone said, well, I, yeah, I, I heard healing messages before and I haven't been healed. And, and they reveal the problem. We don't receive from God because we've heard it. We receive God by hearing it continually. That's, what, that's how faith comes. It comes not by having heard, but by hearing. In other words, we're in this constant posture of hearing from the Lord. And, and most of the time, because you're with yourself all of the time, the hearing needs to come from your mouth. Thank God for places like Highway Church where you can come and hear who you are in Christ and hear and be in the hearing of faith but you need to put yourself in the hearing of faith as you go throughout your day. We receive from the Lord not by having heard, but by hearing, by, by living in the presence of his spoken word, all right? So you're, you're the station that's always on, so speak to yourself. Tell yourself how you feel. Tell yourself how blessed you are. Tell yourself how strong you are. Tell yourself that you are going all the way. You're going to fulfill your destiny, that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's how, that's how we receive from the Lord. We put ourselves in the presence of his spoken word, and most of the time that needs to be you, okay? Because you're with yourself all the time, all right? So let's finish this thing up, who we are. We're in who we are right now, and we know that we are people that above all else, we desire a relationship with God above all else. We're not happy to go through the motions. We're not happy to go through religious rituals, all right? It, we want to know God as he is, not as someone told us or as man says that he is. We want to know him as he is. Let's put Philippians 3.10 up there. This is the motivation. This is the fire in our furnace right here. For my determined purpose 
is that I may know him. What does that mean? That I not know about him, knowing about him is not going to help you. It's personally experiencing him, all right? That I may progressively become more deeply. How deep can you go? He's endless, isn't he? More deeply and intimately acquainted with him. That's what we want more than anything. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. That's what we're about. So we're not here this morning to check some more right things off of our list, okay? That's not we're, we're not here to be socially acceptable. We're not here to learn proper moral conduct. We're not. Jesus is a consuming fire, and that's why we're here. We're consumed by the fire of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. God is a consuming fire. He's not a statue. He's not a stained glass window. He's not a building. He's the living, breathing maker of heaven and earth. He's the planet maker. He's the star creator. And we're, we're here because of him. God is a consuming fire, and God is love, right? Doesn't the scripture say both of those things? So if God is a consuming fire and God is love, guess what? Love is a consuming fire. Fire. Be consumed this morning with the fire and passion of God's love for you. Let his love for you sink in and light you up this morning. Are you lit? Woo! We're lit. Highway Church is lit with God's love for us. Yeah. So we left our homes this morning. We brushed our teeth. We had our bagels with Philly cream cheese. And we came here because we want to know him more, all right? And because we want to regularly improve our relationship, we want to know him more strongly, more clearly, we examine the scriptures. We study the scriptures regularly to learn who God really is, okay? And to learn what he's already done for us. He already has done everything you could ever want him to do. He's already done it. And to learn who we are in Christ. So those are the three elements of our relationship with God. Who he is, what he's already done for us through Christ, and who we are in him. And you'll hear that regularly at Highway Church. It's a life changer. So we examine the scriptures to learn these things. We examine the scriptures to learn our new identity. Yeah. Because we do have a new identity. Do you know many believers don't know that? They're living just as if they, they were before Christ because they don't realize they're new people now. But we want you to know that you're new now, that you've actually become the sons and daughters of God. That's no joke. That's truth. Let's look at this in 1 John 3, 1. I think we looked at this last week, but let's eat some more. Are you eating Jesus regularly? That is my prescribed diet for you. Eat Jesus as much as you can every day. Take him in the morning, in the afternoon, at night, uh, and while you're sleeping. Have a, have a midnight snack, right? How great, 1 John 3, 1, is our love for God? Nope. 
How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. So our focus here is on His love for us, not our love for Him. Big difference. One will send you into strive mode, right? If you focus on your love for Him and what you need to do to try and do better and to try and... It will, it will, it will wear you out. But focusing on His love for you will... Uh, What's that word? Embolse, uh, lift you up, <laughs> strengthen you. All right? So we focus on the great love that he's already lavished on us. How great is that love? The people who were lost, who made fun of him, who ridiculed him, that's what I used to do, should be called his children, his sons and daughters. To go from, from someone who was dying and lost and a failure to someone who is the very son and daughter of God. And that is what we are. We learned last week that he loves us as much as he loves Jesus. Just as much. Not a stitch left. Less. You remember uh, Zuzu on It's a Wonderful Life? You guys know that? She had a fever and came back and her, and her dad came back and he said, how's your fever? She says, not a stitch. Something like that. Remember? Not a stitch less. Than, than, than Jesus. He loves us as much as he loves Jesus. We're now his sons and daughters. You're no less a son or daughter of God than Jesus. This is just the Bible. I know it hasn't been preached near enough, but you're going to hear it here. You're just as much a son and daughter of God as Jesus now because of what he's done. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, this is our promise of the month. Let me read it to you. This is so good. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own purchased special people, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's the NIV and Amplified combined right there and the New American Standard. God's own purchased special people. The New Living Translation says this, as a result, because of this now, you can show others the goodness of God. I like what the we says, that he's called us into participation in his marvelous light. Darkness has nothing to do with you anymore. You are a child of the light. We are participating in the kingdom of God. We're his sons and daughters, his ambassadors, letting people know how good he is and how much he loves them. And that's what he's called us to. This is our new identity. So if God is love and Jesus is the light of the world, then we're sons and daughters of love and we're sons and daughters of light, right? This is who we are. This is our new identity. And when, when you start to believe in who you are in Christ, when you begin to grab a hold of your new identity, it will give you access to things you didn't have access to before. In other words, you'll begin to experience things that God has already provided for you that you weren't experiencing before. Like His provision in your life. Like His peace. Like His presence. All right? Like uh, 
How does the Amplified say it? Untroubled, undisturbed well-being. Untroubled, undisturbed well-being, victory over darkness, supernatural power. So, see, in the movies, oftentimes, you know, the, the supernatural power is either superheroes or, or witchcraft. You know, no one's more supernaturally powerful than God's sons and daughters. Yeah, people are afraid of witchcraft and things like that. It's real, but it's not more powerful than what we've got, right? We've got the true power, the living power, and nothing can overcome Christ inside of us. Greater is Christ in us than he that is in the world. So what the devil's tried to do is turn religions into cowards, just turn Christians into cowards through religion. That's what I meant to say, right? And make people afraid. And, not, and you have Christians going through life and not walking in the supernatural power of God. Because they've been taught that they don't measure up and that they're never going to uh, be the person God's called them to be or, or they, they're just sinners and, and they haven't been taught who they are in Christ. Remember, you're not a sinner anymore, right? If you've put your faith in Christ, you're not a sinner. Now you're his son, his daughter. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we walk in the supernatural power of God. So we study the scriptures. We examine them to learn our new identity. And we see in the scriptures examples of this love and faith in action. Examples of the supernatural power of God. And the reason that they're in the scriptures is that so you and I too, on June 11th, is that the date today, 2017, can walk in that same power. It's time to live in the supernatural power of God. We're not playing church. We're not interested in religious games. We want to know him more. He is supernatural. He's the maker of heaven and earth. There are no limits to him. With him, all things are possible. Apart from him, we can't do anything. But we're not apart from him. We're with him. Nothing is impossible with him. All right? So we've looked at a number of scriptures. I like the Bible. It, it is kind of like God's YouTube except it's way better than YouTube because there's no camera, there's no software, there's no apps. It's the real power of God in real people's lives. So we look at the scriptures regularly and we study this and we see how they experienced it so that we too can walk in it. And we looked at the woman from Canaan. We looked at the woman with the issue of blood. We looked at, who else we looked at? Caleb. We looked at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I think last week we started looking at David. Let's wrap up this series by looking some more at David, okay? David was someone who walked in the supernatural power of God, even under the old covenant, right? He walked in the supernatural power of God. They just couldn't kill the guy. Yeah, lions couldn't kill him, bears, beasts, man nor beast couldn't kill him. Why? Because he had the supernatural favor and power of God upon his life, but there was a reason that he did. It wasn't because he was an exceptionally talented person. It wasn't because he was uh, at, in the right family. It was, we, we saw the reason for the victories of David's life last week. Let's look at it again. Acts chapter 13, verse 22. See, it's available to everybody through simple faith. God has opened the door to his kingdom, and it's through simple faith in Christ, and no one is disqualified from this. Christ qualifies you to be a David. 
Now, David was a human being. He made mistakes. We're not saying he was perfect. Nevertheless, there's much we can learn from David because of his relationship with God the Father. So Acts 13.22 says this, When God had removed Saul, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found, which means God was looking, right? You don't find things unless you're looking for them. I was looking for someone, and I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart. God was looking for people who had made the decision that his heart, God's heart, would be the focus of their lives. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says this, one of my favorite verses. This is one of the first verses I ever memorized in the Bible back in 1989. And boy, it has helped me so much. It says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are completely his. It's kind of like on a GPS, you know, where your destination lights up? Well, God's GPS, when someone's heart completely, is completely his, it lights up. <laughs> he goes there. This is the key to the supernatural power and victory in, in David's life. David made a decision from the time he was a young boy that his life was going to be about the heart of God. All right? And we've made that same decision. If you haven't, do it now. You'll be so glad you did. And sometimes you have to revisit that decision, right? Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not what I'm about. I'm all about your heart, God, right? I'm all about knowing you. Well, what's in God's heart anyway? Yeah, love. Love for who? You. Yeah, what's in God's heart? His love for you is in his heart. So if you become a person after the heart of God, you're going to come face to face with his love for you because that's what's in his heart. <laughs> yeah. Love for you is in his heart. So your life is going to become about how much he loves you if you're a person after his own heart. Religion flips it. Puts all the focus on what you have to do and how much you need to love God. That'll never get you there. It's his love for you that's the fuel, that's the power, that's the reactor inside of us that gives us the strength to go forward. Hallelujah. God, you're so good. What was your motivation in coming to know Christ? I don't have to answer out loud. Just think about it. Was it fear of hell or love? With me, it wasn't fear of hell. I didn't really care. But somewhere, when I was about 17 years old, a friend of mine said something about knowing Jesus. I said, what? I can know him? I can know him? That, that, I, I'm all in. I wasn't afraid of going to hell. That's stupid, not being afraid of going to hell. But that wasn't why I came to him. I came because I want to know. And I want to challenge you. Whatever your motivation was for initially coming to him, I want to ask you to change it to love. His love for you. All right? And watch how things change in your thinking. And it, I mean, that's just a stress uh, 
reducer right there, dissipate, dissolver, whatever. It takes stress out right there. It removes stress from our lives. When we become people conscious of his love for us, we can be in the midst of a stressful situation and have such a strength and a peace inside that people think, what's wrong with you or what's right with you, right? Love for him. So religion portrays the Bible to be a book all about heaven and hell, but it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. What's the Bible about? It's a book all about God's love for you. That's what this is all about. It's not about heaven and hell. Jesus didn't come so we could go to heaven. You guys hear me on Facebook? He didn't. He came so that we could know the Father. That's why he came. If you know the Father, of course you're going to heaven. He came so that we could know the Father when? Today. Now. That's eternal life, knowing him. Jesus defined it that way, right? In John 17, 3. We're not going to go there. You can check it out yourself. So knowing his love for you produces faith. Don't try and produce faith in your life. Meditate on him. Look at his love and action in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. And, and that faith will just start to grow inside of you. Hallelujah. His faith, or faith works by love, right? Hey, you can tell how much someone loves you by what they're willing to do for you, right? Sure. Well, we're kind of limited as natural people in what we can do for each other, but God's not. So how much is God willing to do for you? Let's take a look, and then we're going to look at David's life a little more. Romans 8.32. You can tell how much God loves you by what he's willing to do for you. How much is he willing to do for you? Well, he who did not spare his own son. How many sons did God have? Solo uno. Only one. Right? And he, he gave him. But gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously... Give us a little something every now and then. What does it say? What is God willing to do for you? Everything. Wow. How much he loves us. How much he's lavished his love upon us. God is more willing to give you the things you ask for than you are to receive them. He desires to bless and prosper you more than you desire to be blessed and prospered. He is. He's perfect love. He doesn't know how to think badly of you. He doesn't. It's not in his operating system. He's pure love. And when he thinks of you, he thinks of blessing you. There's nothing greedy about that. Love is that way. When I think of my kids, I think of blessing them. Without fail. Now, I'm human, and I... You know, I'm limited. But he's perfect. And when he thinks of you, he desires to bless you. So David developed a confidence in God's love for him by choosing to be after his heart. And we see this confidence in David's life, especially 
by the way that he speaks. Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So I can tell about what's in my heart, but what's coming out of my mouth. It was amazing when I received Jesus and, and my heart was made new, the cursing all went away. <laughs> and things started coming out of my mouth that I, words I was not very familiar with. They were good words, wholesome words. Isn't it amazing? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let's look at David's words some more. Can we do that? I think we, we left off somewhere around Psalm 16 last week. Let's go there again. Psalm 16, verse 8. We're looking inside of the heart of David because this is the key to the victory that he has. He is one of the most significant people in the Bible. Remember the genealogy of Jesus, Abraham, David, and Jesus in Matthew chapter 117, right? God, God chose him to, to, be, to have come from him, the, the Christ, the Messiah, is in the lineage of David. Sometimes you get up here and you wonder, boy, I don't feel like I can talk. <laughs> but wait, it's going to come out one way or another, right? We have subtitles. Judah, can you get subtitles on that? Thing? All right. Psalm 16, verse 8. I have said, now this is, this is a window into David's heart right here. Let's go deep. Come on. I've set the Lord 24-7 before me. <laughs> yeah, and that's what we've done, right? We've set the Lord continually. In other words, my focus in life is his heart. Oh, I tell you, that's a stress reliever right there. Just, just move all the other stuff aside. What am I living for? I'm after his heart, his love for me. Because he is at my right hand. He's close to me. He's never far from me. If my right hand is there, he's there, right? I will not be shaken. I want you to see the connection in David's life between love and protection. Love always protects. Always protects. Where's that at in the Scriptures? You guys know? Love chapter, right? 1 Corinthians 13, 4, somewhere around verses 4 through 8. Love always protects. Uh, maybe that's verse 7. I don't remember. It's in there. Verse 9. Therefore, because I've continually, I, I've set him continually before me. I know he's with me. I know I'm not going to be shaken. This produces gladness in my heart. My heart. I don't know about anyone else's, but my heart's glad. My glory rejoices. My physical body also will dwell securely. Love heals. Love keeps healthy. He does. I know religion hasn't told you that, but God heals and keeps healthy. It's His will for you to be whole and to stay whole for the rest of your life. And He has provided that for you through the atoning work of His Son. It won't happen automatically. You've got to believe it. You've got to speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart. Hallelujah. Verse 10. For you will not. Look at He knew. but he, This is God's love. You won't abandon me. You'll never fail me. You'll never let me down. 
nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. Now, I want to tell you something about the Hebrew. You know there is no capital letters in the Hebrew in the Old Testament. They don't use capital letters. So the English translators put capital Y on that U and a capital Y on that U and that H and that one. Well, it is prophetic, speaking of Jesus, right? But it's also speaking of those who put their faith in Him. You, if you've put your faith in Christ, have become one of God's holy ones. And He will not fail you. He will not let you undergo decay. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's no death for those who believe in Him. Glory to God. Jesus said it. I believe it. For you will, okay, yeah, I love that. Isn't that what 1 Peter 2.9 says? You're holy one. We're a holy nation, right? It's time to know that you're holy now through faith in Christ. Religion doesn't tell you that, but it's true. You are holy now. You're one of God's holy ones. You're just as holy as Jesus. You are because of his blood. His blood has made you as holy as God is holy. Woo! Religion can't come here. This is where God lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will. There's confidence here. Next verse, verse 11. You will make known to me. Love reveals. Right? Love, love lets you inside. Love opens the door. You will make known to me the path of life. You won't keep it from me. In your presence is fullness of joy. Amen. In your right hand, there are pleasures 24-7. When you're after God's heart, you come face to face with his love for you. And you begin to possess what he's done for you. And this confidence we see here will begin to grow inside of you. Look at Psalm 18, verse 2. Notice just this stuff is just oozing with confidence. How do you get that? His love for you. I mean, it's just bubbling over with confidence. Look at this. The Lord is my personal rock. My rock. He's mine. And he's my personal fortress. And he's my personal deliverer. He's my personal God. He's my personal strength. He's saying my a lot, isn't he here? What happens here? His focus is the heart of God, and all of a sudden the focus goes back on Him because God loves Him so much. It's this circle that nothing can break. He's my personal strength in whom I will trust. He's my buckler. That's a shield. He's my shield. And the horn of my personal salvation. He's my personal high tower. Woo! Dante high tower. That's right. Who's he play for now, anyway? Anyone know? He, he still play for the Patriots? Oh, good. Good. I'm glad we kept him. Was he up for trade? All right. Very good. Anyway, he's my personal Dante Hightower. Right? You know, if you're after the heart of God, you're going to find it. Because he reveals himself. It's his desire for you to know his heart. You know, there are scores of Christians generations of Christians 
who love God but don't know His love for them. They've been trained to focus on their love for God. They've gone to seminaries that teach them it's all about what you have to do for God. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do that. They become ministers and pastors and they, they focus their whole lives on their love for God, but they don't know His love for them. And as a result, they don't experience the provision of God in their lives like He wants them to experience. Not knowing His love for you will limit what you experience from Him. All right? It's imperative that we become people who know how much He loves you, us. God's love for you equals protection, healing, prosperity, provision, joy, peace, and success. I know that's controversial to say success in church, but it does. He wants you to accomplish His destiny for your life. His plans are plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Never has God written up a plan to harm anybody. I know the Bible's been mistaught and there are scriptures that can be misunderstood, but He hasn't. It's not His nature. It's not who He is. He never has been. He never will be a harmer. He's a healer. Boy, God is so good. Let's read some more of Psalm 18. Then we're going to look at an example of this inaction in David's life, in real life. Verse 28. For you will light my candle. I told you we're lit. <laughs> you will light my candle. The Lord God will enlighten my darkness. My, my, my. It doesn't, he's, no, how many times has it said my in these few verses we've read? Many. For by thee I have run through a troop. Are you telling me one can put to flight a thousand? Yes. Come on, one against a thousand and win? Yes. This is the love of God. He protects his children. It's supernatural power that one man can run through a troop. There is no training. There's no boot camp. There's no special forces that can enable a person to do that. A thousand people around you and you come out unscathed, that's the love of God. Love and protection. And by my God have I leaped over a wall. That's supernatural strength. It's not because he was a talented athlete. It's not because he won American Ninja Warrior. I don't think he was ever on the show. All right? It's his faith in God's love for him. It gave him a supernatural power. Let's see. Let's go down to verse 32. It is, well, here it is. It is God. Yeah. There it is. There's his secret. It's God that enables me to do these things. It's God that girds me with strength. It's God that makes my way perfect. He's just being honest. He makes my feet like the hind's feet and sets me upon my high places. I remember driving home, we live in Dighton, and I was coming down this hill, and there's huge rocks, and I saw a deer. Right, and these rocks have to be at least 
I don't know, 15, 20 feet high. They're big uh, as far as from human standards. <laughs> I'm looking, I saw this deer, and I look again, and he's gone. That, that guy just did a vertical leap. Like I, I, I was, whoo, just a couple leaps, and he was over those rocks, you know. He makes my feet like deer's feet. He enables me to do things I could not do in my own strength. This is a supernatural gospel. It's time to stop living in our own strength. Come on. I know this is different. I know it hasn't been preached enough, but we're supernatural people with supernatural strength. It's just the Bible. We're just reading the Bible. Oh, how, ma how, how many have studied the Bible for generations and generations and gone to seminary and they, they, they've not experienced the supernatural power of God. Oh, glory to God, it's time. It's time, it's time, it's time. Hallelujah. And he sets me upon high places. Next verse. He leads my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. This is real life. The Bible is real life. God's love for you manifests in real life situations. We don't base what we believe on what we've been through. We don't base what we believe on what so-and-so went through. We base what we believe on who God is, what He's done for us in Christ, on who He is, right, on His promises, and on who we are in Christ. Boy, oh boy, there's so much here. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Wow. And your right hand, that's personal, has held me up, and your gentleness has made me great. Have you received the gentleness, the love of God the Father for you? He's gentle. He's the lifter of our head. You have enlarged my steps under me and my feet. Did not slip. All right, let's wind this thing up. Let's look at the life of David here. This is so amazing. So when we look at David, because of the significance of his life, we can get pictures of our identity in Christ. Now, David obviously wasn't born again. No one could be born again until Jesus rose from the dead, right? He wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit. No one could be baptized in the Holy Spirit until the Holy Spirit came in Pentecost, right? But even in the Old Testament, we see, we see types of Christ, and the Spirit of God did come upon David when he was anointed by Samuel, all right? So we get pictures of God's love for us by looking at David. Let's see here. I just want to make sure we, can, we get in all the good stuff. So we're actually in a better place than David was. Actually, we're in a better place than anyone in the Old Testament was than anyone in the time when Jesus was on earth. The best time to experience God's love was when the Holy Spirit descended from that moment on. That's when the fullness of God came into people's hearts and lives, okay? Prior to that, God couldn't. He, could, he, could only, he was limited in what he can do in people's lives. He's not anymore. That's why the New Testament says, with him all things are possible, all right? So we're living in a supernatural time. In the age of God's spirit, God's grace, and his, his presence. So we've been born again of his spirit. 
right? We're new creations in Christ. We're in a much better place than David. So we are more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. We are. We have a new identity. We're conduits of the life of God. We're vessels of God's presence. We're giant killers. Fear, we take its head off. Depression, we take its head right off. Disease, sickness, take their heads right off. Lack, poverty, no. -uh. We slay them, every one of them. Because Jesus slayed them for us, right? Hallelujah. Oh, we got to just read this and we'll get into David's life here. It's Romans 8. We're going to start in verse 31. We're going to move quickly. What shall we say to these things? How, how do we respond to God's love for us? If God's for us, who can be against us? We read verse 32 already, right? He who didn't spare his own son, how will he not also freely give us all things? Verse 33, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's lack? It's, it's God that justifies. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword, as it's written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long, we're accounted as sheep by the slaughter? No! That's what nay means in King James. No! No, 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 no! No! In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Say no to the devil. Say no to destruction in your life. Say no to sickness and disease. Say no to lack. No. No, 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 no. You're not coming in my life anymore. The love of Christ has set me free. Jesus is my shield. Hallelujah. Verse 38 or verse 37. In all these things we are more than conquerors, not because of our performance, but because of his love for us. Hallelujah. It all comes by knowing how much He loves you. I'm absolutely convinced, verse 38, that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable. Woo! Go ahead to the next verse. Nothing, thinkable or unthinkable. Woo-wee! Absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Wow. Can we get a little bit in David's life? Just a little bit? You need to do some jumping jacks or something? We okay? We're awake? Woo! Glory to God. Let's do it. So we're just going to summarize it real quickly. We go to 1 Samuel chapters 16 and 17. And we know what happened. Saul went off the deep end, right? He just got into some crazy stuff, you know, turned from God, became a very wicked man, and, and the Spirit of God departed from Saul, and, and David found a man after his, or God found a man after his own heart, and it was David, and he instructed the prophet, which was very significant uh, in Bible days, the prophet, who worked very closely with the king, he instructed the prophet to invite Jesse and his sons to the sacrifice. Okay? And he, he let Samuel know it's one of his sons that I've chosen to be the king, but he didn't know who it was. So Sam, Samuel invites Jesse to the sacrifice, and Jesse brings all of his sons but one. <laughs> Look at verse 7. Yeah, verse 7 of 1 Samuel 16. So Samuel didn't know who it was, 
and he sees some of, of Jesse's sons, and you know, they're good-looking dudes, and he says, oh yeah, that's, that's got to be the one right there, right? And verse 7, the Lord says to Samuel, don't look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I've refused him. He doesn't have a heart after me. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Not at your bank account, not at your history, at your heart. God can do anything through someone whose heart belongs to him. That's all he needs is a heart that's completely his. And anyone can choose to give their heart to him. Hallelujah. God's all about the heart, isn't he? He's a heart God. Emoji, 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 heart, 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 right? So, so uh, he's, you know, he talks to Samuel and he says, well, is this all your sons? He says, well, David's with the sheep. Well, go get him, bring him in, right? So apparently, I don't mean, I don't know the family dynamics there. Apparently, David wasn't very highly thought of in his family. He wasn't even invited to this special meeting with the prophet. You know, so maybe your family situation is challenging. Maybe you're not highly thought of in your family, but that doesn't matter. You have a heart after God. God will elevate you if you give him your heart, right? So he, he calls in uh, David. They go and get him. They bring him to the sacrifice. And Samuel, as soon as he sees him, he's, like, he's the one. The Spirit of God. He anoints in verse 13. Uh, he takes the horn of oil. He anoints him in the midst of his brothers. Boy, they must have been mad. Must have been kind of like a Cinderella moment, right? The stepsisters. Right? And there he is, David with his flowing hair. Yeah. And then he went to the ball. <laughs> so he anoints him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord comes upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose, that is the reason, right there. There is God becoming his strength. So David's anointed by Samuel, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him. And after that, David was hired by the king to be his personal musician. And when David would play his music, evil spirits would run. Amen. May that be true of us here at Highway Church. Thank you, Lord. All right, so we're going to fast forward to finish this thing up here. So we know in chapter 17 that the Philistines have come against Israel, but they're fighting differently this time. The two armies are facing each other, and the Philistines have an idea. They say, let's send out our champion. And their champion is a terrifying-looking man, right, massive in stature. Um, and they say, if you're, you send out your champion against our champion, if your champion can beat our champion, you win. But if we, our champion beats your champion, you win. I guess that's an economical way to do it, right? Only problem is they've got an amazing champion, right, that strikes fear in the hearts of men. So verse 10, here's the champion speaking. Goliath was his name. I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Why? Because physically he was frightening. I mean, the size of his spear would, would make a grown man cry mama, right? He was frightening. But they didn't, they didn't remember Isaiah 41.10. God said, don't fear. 
I'm with you. Don't be dismayed. I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That was our promise of the month back in March, I think, right? We're almost there. We're almost there. So how long did this go on for? Do you remember? It's there in verse, uh, it's in chapter uh, 17, 40 days. 40 days. That's almost six weeks of this giant daily taunting them. Do you know what Goliath means? It means uncovered. Listen, that giant was an opportunity for David's destiny to be uncovered. And so is any giant that taunts you. A giant is simply an opportunity for your destiny to be uncovered. If you'll trust in the Lord. So David, his he, dad tells him to bring some, some Parmesan cheese and pasta to his brothers. And uh, David does it. And he hears this giant's taunting. And he sees him, but David hears and sees things differently. Because he's been living differently than his brothers. Remember, he's cultivated God's love for him. He's written songs to him. He's seen God operate and move in his life supernaturally. So when he hears this giant, he hears it differently. He has a different response. Who is this? Instead of, yeah, he's who is this? And then he hears about rewards that the king has made to anyone who can kill this giant. Amazing rewards. But the rewards didn't motivate anyone else. See, fear of giants will keep you from experiencing the rewards of God's promises in your life. It will. Fear will paralyze you. And the reason that all of Israel, including the king, except for David, was afraid is because they didn't know God's love for them. They didn't know the heart of God. So verse 32, let's do that. So David says, I'm in. Right? He's food for me. Right? Verse 32, he goes to the king now. He's been employed by him as a musician. He said, let no man's heart uh, fail because of him. There's the heart again, right? God's a heart God. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you can't do that. You're not able, David. Wow, thanks for the encouragement, king. Right? Because this, you know, you're, you're just a youth. This man's been a man of war since his youth. What's 1 Timothy 4.12 say? If you're a youth, don't let anyone look down on your youth. Set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, in purity. Demonstrate to those around you how much God loves you. David became an example to his nation as a youth. We're almost done. Okay, verse 34. And David said unto Saul, your servant has kept his father's sheep. I've been through some stuff. There came a lion, there came a bear, took a lamb of the flock, went out after him. I smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Your servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied. Who did he defy? Very important, when you receive God's love for you, you will realize the battles in your life are not yours, but His. David didn't see this as his fight. He saw it as God's fight. Very important. No matter what you're going through, it's not your battle. It's His battle. Let Him fight for you. That's exactly what David did. He let God fight for him. 
So David said, moreover, the Lord, there's that confidence we read earlier in the Psalms, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with you. There must have been something in David that Saul picked up. He saw that confidence oozing out that we read in Psalm 16 and Psalm 18. And he said, all right, go, go. Right, then Saul tries to give him his armor. David said, I don't need this. This is I haven't used this before. Right? I've walked with God. I know how he works. I'm all set. Right? And 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 he he goes out, he uses what he's been using all along. All he's got is a staff, his pouch was five smooth stones in a sling. And he goes out against Goliath, and Goliath is insulted. Right? In verse 43, he says unto David, Am I a dog? You come at me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The soldiers of Israel must be, oh my goodness, what have we just done? I mean, this is, this is the whole nation's going to perish if David fails. You know, Saul made a big decision here, didn't he? Right? The fate of the nation is in this boy's hands. But God is fighting for him. The Philistine said, come to me and I'll give, my, I'll give your flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistines, you come to me with a sword, a spear, a huge one, that no one else could pick up, and with a shield. But I'm different. I don't have a spear. I don't have a shield. I don't have a sword. I'm coming to you in the name of the one who loves me. He's the Lord of heaven and earth. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. And this day the Lord shall deliver you into my hands and I will smite you and take your head from you and I'll give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to wild beasts of the earth that the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and all of his assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with man's weapons but with his own spirit for the battle is the Lord's. And he ran towards the giant and defeated him because he knew how much God loves him. God's love for you will give you strength to run at the giants facing you and take their head off. Father, thank you for your presence this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit in this place. Lord, you imparted strength to us. We're getting stronger even now. We are leaving this place today with a greater sense of your love for us, with a greater understanding that your love means protection. And we thank you for your love manifest in us and in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that any battle in our lives is not, your, is not ours, it's yours and you are fighting for us. And we thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, as we're praying right now, I want to invite you, if you've been going through some stuff or you're in the midst of a battle or there's a giant, whether it be a sickness, a disease, a fear, lack that's been taunting you, I want to encourage you, whether you're on Facebook or whether you're here this morning, to, to consciously grab a hold of God's love for you right now and realize that he has given you the victory over this giant. 
and begin to right now meditate on God's love for you. And this giant is simply an opportunity for your destiny to be uncovered, for the glory of God to manifest in your life. The devil should have never messed with you. It's time for you to walk in the victory of Jesus Christ. Whatever you need, receive it now because God loves you that much. Whether it's healing, provision, strength, wisdom, Father, we receive it in the name of Jesus. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.